you know, this transfer window started so hot and then had the Saudi influx and the 100 million club, but it seems like a lot's going on. And what I feel we've missed is some underrated transfers that have happened in that time that maybe people haven't quite paid attention to. Guys, on today's episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast, we're going to shine a little light on the most underrated transfers of the summer window. We hope you enjoy. It has not been business as usual, this transfer window. Like, there has been no, so the much. The landscape of football has, has changed on. because of Saudi, right? Like, that's exactly that's bro. big time. Hurricanes in Germany now. Like, it's weird. It's unbelievable. The fact that even you look at, like, the Hoyland deal and how, well, you know yeah. my feelings on that. But, like, how expensive some signings are. And I don't think that constitutes a good deal. So, you look at, like, what actually is a good transfer nowadays. To be honest, that's what we're here to discuss. Guys, welcome to episode number 208 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. With me back in the co-hosting chair. Listen, we're going to have to switch between them for a while. They're figuring it out. Mina, thank you for joining me today on this early edition of the Jersey Wall. We're recording it earlier in the week than we normally do. Because of that, we couldn't get the three of us, but I'm glad that you're here. You're back in the co-hosting chair. How was the cottage, dude? It was great. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even in Ontario right now. <laughs> so yeah. Cottage was good. Now, now I'm elsewhere in montreal so it's good you know it's a shame that we dropped the international correspondent title from you because you, you fully merit that bro always on the move <laughs> always on the road in grimsby in muskoka in quebec in egypt in london bro it's international even though three of those places are very national yeah, 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 yeah. it's all international it's not here it's all over the place it's international yeah it's not local no exactly it's not local and and that's all that matters dude I'm like i was saying Been it's there, done that, bro. <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to come up with an underrated deal in modern football because realistically even if you look at something like a great transfer right let's say like a, a, a great player has moved for free is a free agent that has gone you go well okay but is that underrated like if people could just say that's a really really good deal maybe it's underrated if they don't quite know about the player, the club they're going to, or there's some elements to it that we have to unfold. But largely, in this market where so many players are costing what they are, it's hard to find what's what's underrated. And so what I did, the way that I made this list, we're going to pitch 10 names here. Yeah. All of these moves to Saudi Arabia, the new 100 million club, as I mentioned, uh, off, the, off the start, means that a lot of focus has been put on transfers that... What's going on in Europe and some of these moves that have happened, people aren't paying attention to. Like, if I would pitch you some of these names, you're going to be like, no way, that happened? I think you might actually be like, no way that happened. Now, some of them you'll know the names of, but that's still able to be underrated. There's many rules to what we've tried to do here. I tried to keep it as simple as possible. What I have done is underrated in the court of public opinion. All right? So cool. can we agree together that this is a sneaky bit of business, you know, a, a good deal, an underrated right. bit of business that maybe the club, you know, another transfer took the spotlight off of it. And therefore, this happening is actually a pretty good bit of business from the club. I see. The other thing that uh, I absolutely had to put in here is that I didn't want us to talk about deals we did, we'd spoken about many, many times before, because with how hot the window opened in come July, we had already previewed the 10 best signings of the summer. We talked about <laughs> McAllister going for 35 mil. We talked about Orkin Kokchu going to Benfica. Like these are deals that I would say are super underrated, but we talked about them already. So I didn't want to go back to that. That was eight, nine, 10 weeks ago that we talked about that. I'm trying to bring something a little bit new to this one. So I didn't include names that we've spoken about here on before, at least not extensively. I omitted loans, which I felt was the appropriate thing to do because a loan is not the same as a signing, right? You take a player on loan, even if it's a great deal, there's no risk to it. So it doesn't really matter right. if it works out or not. If you're the club loaning them in, you the only thing risk. is if it's like an obligation to buy and that's exactly doesn't really happen anymore. No, exactly. And if it does, it's to help with FFP things, which might come up later today, we'll discuss. So there's a few loans that I want to even give mention to off the top that I really liked. Andre Santos going to Nottingham Forest, I think is a fantastic right. move. It's on loan. Renato Sanchez going to Roma, fantastic Roma. Yeah, move that's true. on loan. If that becomes permanent, that's great. You know, we talk about Hussam Arouar going to Roma. We did that 10 weeks ago, bro. You know, <laughs> Xavi Simons going back to PSG and then immediately loan to Leipzig. Again, brilliant bit of business. I love it. It's a loan. I, I can't really put yeah. it in the same breath, right? Um, the other one is 
we couldn't include the Saudi Arabia ones. And I think actually, Mina, to the surprise of some, there have actually been some sneaky good deals that have yeah, gone to Saudi Sergey Arabia. Sergey Milinkovic-Savic and Ruben Neves. But those are blockbuster ones. I mean, some yeah. underrated good moves, even for Saudi Arabia to do. Like, how about this, bro? Vega? How about Frank Kessie and Gabri yeah, Vega Kessie. being the new midfield pivot? Frank Kessie for is Al-Ali. a big one. I might have to switch my allegiance already, bro. Because they have no, same no, no, no. XMA, they have Mars. There's only one in and they play in Cairo. They have Frank Kessie, bro. They have Gabri Vega. That's crazy. The team that they've kind of assembled. And I think largely that's been under the radar. Why? Because Al-Hali have taken, or Al-Halal rather, have taken the spotlight of the Neymars, of the Malinkovic Savages, of the, the home national Mitrovic up top with Neymar supplying him? This Sign me up, dude. That's, that's what I'm crazy, doing. It's crazy, dude. And then yesterday, Saudi Arabia, Al-Nassar, signed my boy, Amérique Laporte. Dude, that's a crazy bit of business. That is if, if Amérique Laporte deal. goes anywhere in Europe for 25 million, you go, bro, that's that's unbelievable business. Could have easily just moved to Bayern Munich. Like, nobody would have batted an eye. Easily. He could have gone to any club. He could have gone to Liverpool. He could have gone to United. He could have gone to any club that needs that desperately needs a, a, a defender. Well, he couldn't we have gone to United, forget. but yeah. I know what no, you mean. No, I mean, that wouldn't like, have happened. Could have I mean, easily walked in, into that back four, yeah. Walks I mean, yeah. into any team. You name it. I'll, I'll pitch a case as to why Amérique Laporte is probably their new best defender. And I would strongly argue that because I'm a huge fan of Laporte. If and I Bayern think Munich didn't sign Kim Min Jae and they went with Laporte, nobody would bat an eye. It's a People brilliant like, wow, bit of business. Good deal. He moves to any club in the world. I go, yeah, that's a great bit of business for him, especially at the price tag that they that they paid for him. And he moved to Saudi Arabia for that price. Again, we're omitting the Saudi of it because I think that Saudi is its own entity, and we've devoted episodes to that in the past. We will devote episodes have to, to get that used in the to future. people calling him Laporte from now on. So, <laughs> there you go. My exactly people are not great it. at pronouncing P's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that that covers a few of the ones that I want to... That, that's almost the honorable mentions that I want to cover off the top because those are names that cool. I think any of those you could mention and say that's a great bit of business and you're absolutely right to. But I wanted to do signings, new permanent moves at clubs that are just super underrated and I think are going to be fantastic. Can we begin? Yes. Brother, you know where I want to start? At the beginning. I want to start at the end. I'm going to start with number 10. <laughs> that would go counterintuitive and climb this list that we put in order because, as we know, it's not a ranking. And the other thing, I was telling you this before we started. This is the list that I arguably have had the most trouble putting in order. So mm. if you are wanting to dispute any number of these lists and put them in a different place, truly with this one, I have very little defense for. I could totally say one could be 10, seven could be three, three could be one. And mix them up however you want. All of them are underrated. I had a really tough time constituting it. I think I did a pretty good job, but I will hold my hands up if you want to put it in a different order because truthfully, underrated deals. It's a hilarious it defense for an power. argument that you present. Is Listen, it I'm not power? married to any of these. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think I've nailed the 10. You can't I lose I just don't that. know what order. No, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, I can lose if I if there's names that you prefer to it's have like been in this Gary list. like Gary Neville said, uh... I think that you're going to win the title, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal yeah. do either. <laughs> Am I sitting on the fence? Am I copying out right now? All right, bro, I'll switch, I'll switch energy. This is the 10 in uh, order, the best possible one, the list to end all lists. Non-negotiable. Start non-negotiable. Absolutely. Not only that, I have positions. I have players. This could be a freaking starting 10. If, if we were down to 10 men, this, this team would probably win a lot of things. Let's start at number 10. And I want to start with a goalie at number 10 because I don't think we could reasonably justify a keeper being any higher than number 10. Yeah. Um, I think what we've noticed, especially in the Prem over the last couple of seasons, is these little like underrated keepers and how they can elevate their team from there. Like, did you know who David Raya was last year before the start of last year? No, not before the start of last year. Yeah. But we learned his name pretty freaking quickly, didn't we? Yeah, when he became statistically the best keeper in the Prem. What about when Chelsea spent a fortune on Kepa and he sucked? Would right. we say that that's underrated? No, we said, oh, that keeper did not hit the ground running. So I think keepers get a little bit more spotlight and they can either live up to their price tag or not. When Burnley went out and signed Man City's James Trafford, who was on loan last season, who was by far and away the best keeper at the U21 World Cup, who was monumental in England's campaign, in the U21 campaign, and Burnley went, yo, we need a new keeper who's Premier League level. They saw what he did at the U21s. They bought him for between 14 and 17 mil, depending on pounds and euros. I'm not sure exactly what the figure, don't quote me, but somewhere in that range for James Trafford. And we have spoken about Vincent Kopati's impact on Burnley in our Premier League prediction and what we expect from that. Dude, 
you look at Leicester last season who had Ward in net and they were relegated. I don't think that's yeah. a coincidence. Their Trash keeper cases. sucked and they went yeah. down. James Trafford is actually a very good keeper. He's long, he's confident, he's strong, he gets down fast, he's commanding, he's a good presence, and he's an England U21 international, might be pushing for an England number one shirt in the next couple of years. Obviously, there's there's competition there, but that's what he'll think of himself. Burnley didn't sign some random guy from, from Lord knows where. They're like, yo, let's go get a real top quality keeper, and I think they found one. And to be honest, bro, if they had finalized this deal after the tournament, City probably could ask for eight to 10 mil more. Than they did, mm. which means that Burnley have the value for their player. They bought cheap and already he's worth more than that, meaning it's going to do one of two things. He's going to be able to have a positive impact on Burnley in the way that they play. The impact you'll be able to show, whether it saves, whether it's clean sheets, whether it's just conceding a lot, because let's say Burnley concede a lot, but he's able to prove himself. He'll increase his own value, which means Burnley are either going to be able to sell him for more should they choose to, or get really good use out of a really good keeper for a long time. Whichever one of those scenarios it is, I think that's an underrated, sneaky bit of business by Burnley. And to be honest, bro, it comes as no surprise to me with Vincent Kompany in charge. Honestly, man, the only Trafford I'm aware of from Manchester is old. So, <laughs> I, like, I have no idea. I, I have, I've got, I'll take your word for it because I've got nothing <laughs> on this. James Old Trafford, I have no idea who this brother is. <laughs> He's telling I me he's the name. best under-21 keeper and, and he was like goalie of the year, even if that's not true. Okay. Really <laughs> I'll you know what, it. bro? I'm going to make an episode one day where I'm just going to make so many things up and I'm just going to see who buys a lot. Like, who catches on to the cap that right. I'm pulling? Because everything I said, bro, believe it or not, is true. It's true. You can look it up. It's all true. So is he is he like playing with the feet? Like, is that what company's trying to do? Or is I, he just a commanding I, that's, figure that's in the box? That's what I want to see. To be honest, I'd love to see that because England did at the U21s because they could make use of it because they had a very, very good side. I wonder which skill set he'll be able to showcase if the most. If Burnley start playing out from the back with a keeper starting the attack, I, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. <laughs> if Burnley after the culture the of football has changed, Sean Dyche <laughs> turned to a football first on the floor starting at the keeper team, it's done. That's you tell it. me company doesn't want that? That's what I want to see from Burnley. I'm sure company does. Over the next couple of But of, I don't think the months. DNA of the club allows you to... Like, the oxygen that you breathe at Burnley Football Club training <laughs> ground cannot allow for that. Like, I, I just don't think it's chemically possible. The turf in Turf more In Turf yeah. Sean Dyche. It doesn't ooze... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't ooze Vincent Company yet. To be honest, bro... I want to see what skill set he'll be able to demonstrate the most at Burnley, but only time will tell. Unfortunately, yeah, it's one of these scenarios where I've seen his best skill sets, and I think he can do pretty much whatever is necessary. I can already see his clean sheet at Old Trafford and be like, Trafford keeps a clean sheet at Old Trafford. I Isn't that, it. bro? It's, it's, written literally, it's written in the stuff. The fact that he's going to walk in there and say, this is my house, and no one could say a damn yeah. thing about it. My name's on the building. Burnley. What are you yeah. going to say? He's like, I, I don't see what... your name on it. Well, quite literally, you do. <laughs> I hope his middle name, you know, like the UFC guys have like their, their ring name, right? Yeah. They call them the notorious Conor McGregor, whatever it is, John Bones Jones. I hope his is James Old Trafford, <laughs> just because it, it's just like you said, bro. It's, it I'm would not. be perfect. It would be absolutely perfect. Anyway. anyway, I have him at 10 because I don't think it's high profile or anything, but that's kind of the whole beauty of this list. It's, it's the lowest number on my underrated list, meaning it could be sneakily one of the best ones, but I want to climb from here because We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes for him. I have names that are either hotter prospects or bigger stars that have happened that I think are still underrated deals, and I want to get into them. Cool. Um, moving up to number nine, I was actually talking – it's funny. I was talking to Joe in the group chat about this player earlier today because he hasn't been overtly impressed with his performances so far at Chelsea, whereas I, I've, I disagree. Axel De Sassi moved to Chelsea for 45 mil, and I actually think that's kind of underrated. Now, before I go on to a tangent explaining what I tried to explain to Joe in the group chat, do you have thoughts about uh, this signing or a $45 million signing being underrated or, you know, the business Chelsea have done? I want to get your thoughts on this. The price tag is is going to be what hurts him a little bit. But I, mm -hmm. like, I don't think that's going to be on his, like a chip on his shoulder or it's going to, you know, carry the narrative for him too much because Chelsea spent big on everyone. So it, yeah. it just, in retrospect... 45 million at Chelsea is basically a 20 million pound transfer. Uh, so I, I think it'll be fine. Obviously he had a good start scoring on his debut and, and getting some, some good points for Chelsea. And 
he's a big, powerful dude. So I, I really do rate this transfer. He was linked to a couple of big clubs in the Premier League and, and ended up going to Chelsea because Chelsea signed everyone. So, everyone. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be exciting. Um, it's good that to see that he's starting um, and not just, you know, staying on the bench and, and kind of like what Badia Shio was doing last year. And that, that really, like, was so strange to me. But it, again, it was Frank Lampard, so I'm not, <laughs> not holding it against them. Mm. Um, but I think Pochettino, Pochettino could do miracles with this guy because I think he's technically really good, not just physical, but I think he's technically spawn. I think that my position with Axel de Sassi is this. Chelsea's net spend over the last couple of windows means that all of them are going to get lost in a shuffle, right? The ones right. who won't are the ones that they spent an absolute fortune on, which means Enzo, Caicedo, Mudrik, they're not getting free passes to anything, right? Because they cost so much money. Realistically, bro, in today's market, you spend 45 mil. I think if United had done this, if Spurs had did this, if Newcastle have done this, I would have taken DeSassi at any of those clubs in a heartbeat because I, I have an affinity for Liga. I like watching exactly. play, and I, I know what his skill set is, and I think that's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get a young but still senior, experienced beast yeah. of a center back with very little holes in his game. He's not the fastest dude in the entire world, and, of course, he has limitations. But Chelsea currently have very little identity. If you're building a spine... Let it be on the shoulders of a giant, bro. That's what Axel de Sassi is. And so we look at what Chelsea have done so far this season and the way they've started. They're playing the 3-5-2 with their wingbacks are all the way up, including their eights. They're moving everybody up and the, they're playing a pretty high line of a front three. The front three is, or sorry, of a back three, rather. De Sassi, thousand-year-old Thiago Silva, and then Levi Colwell, who's a gem on the other side, right? So the amount of pace on the right side is, is not very much. So when you have the entire squad up and you go, okay, can we target that area between DeSassi, between um, DeSassi and Thiago Silva? The answer is probably yes, because there's tons of space. So if you have very fast attackers, sure. But what is DeSassi actually good at? As you mentioned, technically, doesn't doesn't get it wrong all that often, right? So at least so yeah. far, what we've seen at Chelsea, he's strong, he's physical, he's dominant in the air, Right. And I think he's recovered pretty well, even when he has to run towards his own goal. He's showed he's not like a per murder sack where he has no legs in him. He's like, no, nah, it, it'll take my acceleration isn't great because I'm giant. But yeah. when I start to get going, you know, we'll see when he comes up against the absolute very, very best wingers in the world, what they're able to do it to him. But to be honest, bro, those wingers can tear apart anybody. Largely, if you're building for Chelsea and you're starting with a cornerstone center back who costs less than 50 mil in today's market. I can't say I hate it, bro, because if United, Spurs, Newcastle, if any of them had spent that money on him, I would have been like, that's totally I mean, Spurs, fair market Spurs value. spent uh, 45 million on Van der Pen. So, like, can you can we say for certainty that that's a better transfer or that one is better than the other? We don't know yet. So, I, I think it's just a going rate for centre-backs at the moment. I think we spent 45 on, on Lissandro and I think Arsenal spent 45 on Timber or maybe mm. that was closer to 60, but I, I can't remember. Right. But center backs are expensive now because they're important. So they are. if they get the value for money from, and, and again, I don't know, do, did they also give him like a, a thousand year contract? Is that what's going <laughs> to on? Be honest, I don't know the length of his contract. I think that Chelsea like, is, he there is trying to buy now? so many players on such long contracts that nobody really knows anything. Cause they're like, don't ask questions. Just trust us. We, we got it all figured out over here. Yeah. Don't worry about it, bro. Forget about it. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Don't worry. I think that the only reservation anyone could have with this is saying well listen he costs 45 mil how is that underrated if that's his fair market value yeah. and the reason is because of what chelsea's net spend was for this he's fallen below the margin of expectations for everybody else not in terms of his performances but in terms of the price tag and what you know that would normally command mm. he's lost in the shuffle right now at chelsea which basically means if chelsea are playing with blank checks you can't really look at him as one of the ones, wow, they spent 50 mil on this guy, which means it's underrated. They spent less money than they did at other places in their squad. I don't hate it. It's like Joe was saying last week. I have to give credit to Joe because Joe said this so freaking well when we were talking about Bellingham on last week's episode of the podcast. A fair market value today is a steal <laughs> because everybody's yeah. you're paying so much for everybody yeah, that if you're, you're going to pay yeah. a market price, you're, you're you know what, bro? That's that's a steal. That's underrated. It's like that's buying a, a house in Ontario right now. <laughs> if you're paying fair market value that means you you could have spent 200k more but you didn't so well done <laughs> well, good job to you bro yeah you've done yeah. great business uh moving up to number eight i'm not finished with center backs just yet in fact the next couple are center backs i mean if i'm being completely honest with you which is why i said bro, just keep in mind so far 
James Trafford in net, Desasi as a center back, and then this dude as another center back. So I'm we're playing saying, back three. All right. If we're making this an actual line, or a dude, Man City back four. We'll see. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty monstrous. Kim Min Jae to Bayern, dude. Yeah. About time I bring this up. I you had, could say okay, so. Sorry, before you go into Kim Min Jae, I have a few like honorable mentions, and Kim Min Jae was like number one of those. Just in case, like I wanted to add a few honorable mentions at the end of the right. at the end of the episode. But Kim Min Jae is absolutely one of those. Tell, well, tell me about him then, because yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear why I have him in this list. You could argue I could have put it for higher. I didn't because he still cost 50 mil. But last season, this was arguably the best center back in the world because Napoli were a, a yeah. monstrous club last season. He moves to Bayern Munich. We know some of the, I'll, I'll discuss some of the limitations in Bayern's game, especially under Tuchel and how he'll help address that. Dude, this is a pretty damn good bit of business, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. It's not unlike Bayern to do good business, to be honest. So I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that Bayern got a steal there. Um, because again, fair market value, it, it's a steal nowadays. And not to mention, like, he impressed in the World Cup. Like, some guys have a good, you know, club campaign, but internationally they fall apart. But this is not, this is not Kim and Jay. The guy's a beast. He's a physical, like, specimen monster. Like, he's the exact replacement that you would like if you lost Koulibaly, Koulibaly from your team. And just so happens to be Korean. So I, like, <laughs> the Korean I, I actually <laughs> really, really like, obviously he's not the, he's not the quickest player, but the, the strength on him makes up for a lot of things because he does have great positioning, but if you're coming at it with pace, which is uh, what a lot of, a lot of teams play with at the moment, he's smart enough to actually position himself correctly, give himself the head start on a few yards and just kind of catch up and then just body you off the ball. So I, I do like that. He knows his limitations in a transition. So if they're playing a high line, which, to be honest, that's what Bundesliga is. You just play a high line yeah. and see how many you can score versus concede. <laughs> um, I think he's good enough positionally to read the play and, and give himself half a step so that he can actually get to the ball before some of the quick quick Bundesliga wingers get to it. I really do like this move. And they wrapped it up quickly. And the key word is anticipation, right? Because they stole this from United. United were trying to get this done. And then Bayern were like... To be honest, good. we never put a bid in. Like, no, but that was rumored for I some I don't understand. Time. You never put a bid in for like anyone. Why, you were linked with Sancho for four years and didn't put a bid in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, different, different like management and stuff. But like, we we had like concrete interest with him, and and I think the personal terms agreed, but the bid never came, and then mm. like that was surprising for me. And then right. Byron swoop in and get the deal done. Like, I, there's no well, problems with it. They took advantage of the release clause because it was only available in July, and Byron were like, "Yeah, okay, let's get him." And to be honest, like. Kim and Jay's anticipation is very, very, very good. And Byron's limitation, largely, we've seen already this season, bro. Yeah. They can be got at in transition. And la- you know, I'm a big fan of, of Upamecano. You know that. But last season, I agree. He was he oh, did not man. have a good season. And to be honest, Such bro. liability in the Champions League. This is just the, it now. If they start to feel like they can't trust him, and Tuchel, I think, might get there sooner rather than later because he's not going to yeah. give him chance after chance. He's going to be like, bro. This is not the club for for chance after chance. This is the club for, you know, being a monster always because that's what this club is. Kim and Jay doesn't make mistakes at the same rate, but he's also not as young. Like he's the fact that he had that kind of base. It's the same thing as like Kaoru Matoma. I kind of rate these like the the Asian players coming up with already a bit of a foundation where it's like, oh, it's too late for him. He's already 24. What's he going to do in Europe? And then he gets a move at 24 and he's like, I'm just not a kid. Like, I don't have to figure this out as a kid. I'm figuring this out as like a man now. And I think I can do it. Napoli were extraordinary last season. Bayern, you'd predict to be extraordinary this season. And I think it's no real surprise that Kim Min Jae would be at the base of both teams because bro's a hell of a defender and a leader. Right. And I think when Bayern's limitation will be conceding goal, we've already seen in transition in particular, where they're like, yo, what's going on? We're getting spun here he might help them secure that position a little faster or not to give the ball away cheaply the way that we saw Pupacano do on a number of occasions. And just when you start to erase those mistakes or be able to recover when you do better, what do you do about Byron, bro? And the if reason you're gonna is leave someone behind. Sorry, if you're going to leave someone behind while you have, you know, Kimmich and Goretzka and Musiala, you know, bossing in midfield, yeah. leave Kim and Jay behind, dude. Like nobody's, yeah. nobody's getting past. The reason I think that this is underrated in particular is because I know internationally the world isn't that big fan of Syria and they're not that big a fan of, of uh, the Bundesliga, which means 
people might not know how good he was at Napoli last season because they'll see the Osimen, they'll see the Kvada, yeah. and they'll be like, oh, wow, those are the superstars coming out of Napoli. And you're right. That, that, that absolutely deserves merit for why Napoli were so good last season. But every good attack largely should be based on, you know, a, a strong, strong foundations foundation and, and Kim and Jay provided the base for that. So I think it's a little bit underrated. They spent, they, they paid his release clause, which was cheaper than his market value would have been. They got the deal done early and Byron spent a fortune on Harry Kane. So it's not even like they're saying that was their big signing of the summer. It wasn't, it was just another good bit of business that Byron. Yeah, pretty did. much. Can we move to number seven? Let's do it. Now here you could totally, it's another center back, by the way, here you could totally say that maybe Kim Min Jae should be higher on the list. The reason I did is because I went for higher potential of a prospect in terms of what he will do for his respective club. Mina, I think the only, and we'll talk about this next week when we do our predicting everything in Europe um, episode. I think the only club that could legitimately dethrone Bayern in the Bundesliga this season is Leipzig. Because Leipzig are playing in a system right now that we've seen on multiple occasions tear Bayern apart. If you can trust the rest of the team around them to not capitulate in random Bundesliga games and they have the edge on the team who will be ahead of them, you might make a pretty strong, compelling case as to why that team can win the league. Now, we can talk, we'll get more into this next week and everything. People will say Leipzig lost their best players this season. And, and that's true, right? They lost the Sabuslais, the Inconcus, the Gvardials. And yet, part of Bundesliga culture, if you will, is finding really good players to replace it. How do you replace a Josko Vardial? Well, everybody who's ever played career mode or football manager will know of Castello Luqueba, who came from Lyon as a teenager. He's only 20 now, and they signed him for 30 mil. Dude, it's just you like... You can tell I don't play football manager. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cog in the machine, bro. You have Guardiol, and Guardiol is what? He's just you know a really good young player, but how much is he going to go for? How long is he going to be here for? Look at what Leipzig are able to win with him. If anything, how are they able to compete? Whatever. They win whatever trophies they do. Obviously not the Bundesliga, obviously not the um, the Champions League, but that's probably not their ambition. It's the, it's the local cups. If they can pick up the Pokal and the Super Cup and whatever else, they're happy. And they did. Then what do you do? You sell them for 90 mil. You go buy a replacement of the same profile for 30. Rinse and repeat. Brethren, do you know who's going to go for 90 mil in two years? Castello Luqueba, who's been brilliant for Lyon for some time. It would, it would surprise me if United hadn't been linked with this player at some point, because I'm sure <laughs> they have been. Because he's a really, really good... He was a teenage center back in France at Lyon who had just enormous upside potential. The player, he, he doesn't need to hit the ground running right now because between or, uh, Orban and uh, Simikan at Leipzig right now, even if they're going to play with a back four and they don't need a player of this type just yet, that's okay. Because his integration to the team will be inevitable. And I would argue sooner rather than later. Not to mention the inevitable colossal price tag that he will hand them. It's just good business to sign a player like this because if you're Leipzig, you know, I'm not signing cornerstone pieces, bro. I'm not signing players that I'm going to keep forever. Some of them I'm going to keep if they don't end up hitting the heights of some of these yeah. other world beaters. So I end up with one or two scenarios. I'm either going to get a player for a really long time because he's never going to hit the heights that the prospect would probably promise him to be, or he will hit those heights and I'm going to make absolute bank. Yeah, the win-win, and by the, the way, model. because he's only that's the well, Bayern adopted this. Also, the, the Bundesliga, Bundesliga to model. Be fair. Yeah, this is the Bundesliga model. Because he's only thirty mil and he's a twenty-year-old center back from France, I don't think that this is a colossal transfer. I think that this is an underrated deal because I think when people learn his name through watching him, they'll be like, "Okay, sick." And then in a few years, like I said, when he goes for a substantial figure, which will be minimum double what they paid for him, people will go, "Where do Leipzig find these guys?" It's a cog in the machine. They will keep Constantly finding churning. them. They will keep churning them out. And it is what it is, bro. It's it's just, it's unbelievable to me. All right. Another one that I'm going to just have to take your word for. Because I, I do not play FIFA career mode or football manager. So I'm I should unfamiliar. say the other, the other condition is those who watch Ligar. I guess it's one of those three things. Like if you're one of those three, then you get it. But I would say largely in the video game community. Nobody's watching I know, I know, you're right. It's just me. I have my affinity for Lyon because I love their prospects, but 
hey, we can talk. We've talked about Ryan Shirky. We'll talk about Bradley Barcola. <laughs> These are dudes for a different time. Right now, we got to move to number six. And this is actually a bit of a considerable step up in terms of name recognition. You'll certainly recognize it. Gonzalo Ramos moves to PSG. Yep. Now, the price tag is 65 mil plus 15 in add-ons, but that'll only be paid next season because it's a loan with an obligation to buy. I know a lot of this player because he played for Benfica, and I w- like to watch PSG, so I'll have exposure with him. I will ask you, are you of the opinion that this is an underrated bit of business at face value? Because the fee is not as high as I expected it to be for uh, for Benfica to command, mm. I, I will agree with you. I expected this guy to go for 85 flat plus another 10 or 15 in that ones. Yeah. Um, and I think that would certainly be the case if he went to one of the teams in the Premier League, right? Like if, if Spurs wanted to go sign a Harry Kane replacement, all of a sudden, Benfica, no, you just got 80 million from, from Byron, give him us, <laughs> right? Yeah. Get you got some money to spend, we'll, we'll take it right off your hands. Uh, but because the fee is, again, I feel fair market value for what he, for what he is capable of doing and what he's able to provide, I, I can see it. I won't argue too much on the underrated front. Yeah, I think when you look at how much Darwin went for and how much... Yeah. And by the way, if Darwin hit the ground running, Draw he probably Felix. goes for more. He goes for more, right? Same thing with Felix. I think the Vitvika have had to look at this and be like, man, how many times can we rinse these dudes? Because eventually, like, we need our boys to really, like, be dominant right. in order to prove to them that, like, when you buy from us, you're buying real world-class, like, you know, potential players. Whereas I think, obviously, Felix has still has not hit that height that we saw from him. And Darwin will be really good this season. I'm confident of that. But certainly, I think is more of the meme culture right now than the actual world beaters in the Premier League, which means yeah, I think that lowered, <laughs> it lowered his transfer value a little bit. <laughs> Though, if you look at PSG's strategy, bro, PSG's business as a whole, I think this window has been incredibly underrated. Why? Because Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, as usual, will steal all the spotlight. Their departures have been the story around PSG this summer. So the focus has not been on the very good bit of business that they've actually done, right? Now, I don't think we could sit here and say that Lucas Hernandez moving for almost 50 mil is an underrated bit of business. That's a really right. good signing for them. Same thing with Usmane Dembele. Paying 50 mil for Dembele, fine. Maybe he could have gone for more, but it's a good deal. I don't think it's underrated. Not the 140 that Barca paid for no, exactly, right? So you look at the, the deal signing, you know, Ugarte for six, you go, okay, good deal. You look at Kang and Lee, you go, okay, who's Kang and Lee? Is 22 mil even, like, is that a good deal for him? I don't know because I don't know right. that player's name. It is, by the way. But Gonzalo Ramos is kind of, I think, the perfect little star for them. It's like, we need a dude who can lead this line, who can be the next El Pistolero, who we can sign for a very, very long time and build a brand around him in the Luis Campos model, which is take a star, make him a superstar. The only difference is we're not doing it at right. a club where his transfer from, you know, let's say Lille or Monaco, whoever it's been in previous seasons, will then earn a colossal move. It's no, let's go get a star from Benfica and we'll keep him here. And in the next five years, when this dude is is spoken about as the, the modern day Luis Suarez, for example, people will go, Yo, damn, that guy's sick. Because I think for PSG, you know, we have to change the culture of our club, but we still got to keep this brand up, which means we need young, exciting international players that people want to believe in. Bro, Gonzalo Ramos is Portugal's next number nine. That's a big deal. Those are big boosts. He will always be the guy that scored a hat-trick when Ronaldo got benched, right? Like, he's always got that that cap on his, uh, sorry, on like on his... In his room, whatever. I, I lost the feather in the, his the phrase. The feather, yeah, the feather in his, in his You're rusty, you bro. You've been on vacation, Vita. The feather in you his You know cap. what it is? It's too many languages. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't my first language, bro. Who speaks this? Yeah, no, being conversational is great. But, you know, trying to remember all these different phrases and, and similes <laughs> and stuff in... In the different languages is uh, difficult. But anyway. Incredibly difficult. No, but you're right. It is the fact that, you know, his reputation will precede him, at least to some degree, because people will remember that. The hat trick at the World Cup, they'll see now, probably, because I'm, I'm sure people are watching PSG more in the Champions League than they were Benfica, even though I was super hot on Benfica in the Champions League last right. year. If Kylian Mbappe stays, that means eyeballs will stay on Mbappe for this whole season, meaning you will build a superstar just by association, right? Mm-hmm. You will build, you will sell jerseys just because Vitinha, by the way, Vitinha, 
and yeah. Gonzalo Ramos in the same team. I'm very, very happy about that. Don't, don't even get me started on that for what it means for the national team for years to come. But I like this deal, and I think it's underrated because it even the strikers this market. You're looked at, you know, Kane going for 100. If people wanted Osiman, he would have been 150. We've been talking about Vlahovic. We've been talking about Lukaku. We've been talking about all these players who are going for so much money. PSG pulled up, went, we'll give you 65. We'll give you some add-ons. Let's get a star and turn him into a superstar. And I don't think that's been the focus of conversation at all, not on the striker front or on the business being done at PSG right now because of the Neymar, Messi, yeah. and Mbappe saga. You guys have to fly under the radar because of the name value. Yeah. That's all you would want. It'd be really cool if he just starts to bang goals in and then people are like, yeah, yo, this guy's sick. Like, I'm like, yeah, he is, bro. Scores 25, awesome. 30 goals a season. It's going to be sick. Yeah. And speaking of scoring many, many goals, Bayer Leverkusen did a good bit of business, Mina. And it's not a departure, who I'm sure might be on your honorable mentions list, but it's actually an arrival. It's of a Nigerian from the Belgian league named Victor Boniface. Now, this okay. dude coming for 20 mil, I think is an underrated bit of business because I think you don't know his name yet and you are absolutely going to know it by the end of next season. Because if you score 15 goals in the Belgian Pro League, like, remember Mike Trezard, who we were talking about at the beginning of the window, who got 23 yeah. goals domestically? We were like, you did what? You got 20? What are we talking about here, bro? <laughs> like, what? I think the gradual next step is not for Belgian, you know, international, not Belgian international players, but players from the Belgian league to become superstars. It's to move up to a club so that they can gradually climb the ladder towards superstardom, right? Gift Orban's on that same path right now. Right, right now... Victor Boniface, another Nigerian, by the way. Nigeria's coming up with their strikers. By the way, look out for Listen, this. Because the, they're going to have Victor some murderers. Literally, bro. They're going to have some absolute murderers. Bayer Leverkusen purchases player for 20 mil. He's going to get just buckets of goals, dude. Buckets yep. of goals. Because Chabi Alonso's Bayer Leverkusen system is really dependent on getting the most out of key players. That's that's the best way to sum it up. So it's not really like, how do I get the most out of everyone? It's how do I make sure the, the team works well to get the most out of Florian Verts, Jeremy Frimpong, and now they'll add him into this. Now this season will probably be Grimaldo as well because now they actually have right. really nice balance for their wingbacks. And then their back three is actually really solid, right? The Piero Hincapier, the Edmund Tapsoba, the Jonathan Todd. They actually have really decent center backs that people might not know the names of, but I do because I, I like the Bundesliga. Didn't they also just sign Granit Xhaka? They signed Granit Xhaka, a statement yeah, signing in midfield. In yeah. Then you go with, you know, obviously everybody will know the return of Florian Wirtz is very exciting because when he came back yep. from his injury, it, it looked like he never missed a beat. His interaction now with Victor, we'll call him because it is the Victor project, Osimhen Boniface. These dudes are going to start lighting up the league. And to be honest, bro, if you're looking for everybody changes their Bundesliga alliance every single year anyway, it's whoever it's Bayern and whoever the most exciting team is. This might be the most exciting team this season because Alonso knows damn well what he needs to do to get the most out of him. Already he's got an assist. I think that it will turn into many goals very quickly in the league. And I'm not saying he's going to become the next like Erling Holland or get 30 odd goals. People are like, holy crap, this is the next guy. But I think he will just fly under the radar collecting goals until they decide to sell him for an absolute fortune in the amount because of his position of probably quadruple what they paid for him. If I'm That's an, an SPR team, business. if I'm an SPR team, I'm telling him I'm going to wear a mask. Like <laughs> his countryman and namesake. Yeah. <laughs> you can't idea. lose. No, you, you can't. can't lose. Just do Why it. Not? It adds 20 million to your, to the <laughs> to the price you can command next time. Dude, literally, does it ever? I think that... just because some people might might be confused and be like, "Oh yeah, that's Victor, the the Nigerian guy with the mask." Yeah, yeah, it's another Victor, just another Victor. Bro. Just show up in a light blue shirt. <laughs> Yo, that would be cool. I mean, listen, but, uh, Leverkusen have some of the coolest away kits I've seen. They're like black yeah. and red. But if they just made them like that Napoli blue, just, just why not, bro? Just right see what happens. It. See what happens. Steer right into it. Go as for Halloween. Say, yeah, I'm Victor, the striker from Nigeria, and I score <laughs> a lot of goals. And maybe people will believe it. They'll be called That's the Walmart Osimhen. But hey, he deserves more than that because Osimhen, the pro that project wasn't built in a day either, right? Yeah. He went to Lille. He went to thing. He had to come up a little bit, and then. You know, last season is where he really set the world on fire. I think that it happens to be that um, Leverkusen have a player here who they can place around Florian Verts to accentuate both of them, not to mention, of course, their unreal wingbacks. And that's not even to mention Patrick Schick, who I think everyone has just kind of dropped and be like, right. done with this, bro. <laughs> they also signed um, 
one of our backup goalkeepers who I was actually really impressed with in preseason, Mate Kovar. Um, we we sold it. We sold him to Leverkusen with, um, I think, first refusal and option to buy back, like with a buyback clause. Okay. Yep. And I'm actually really excited about him getting some minutes and and actually starting well. But we were really impressed with him. We, I say, United fans, because he his playing ability with his feet was amazing. And and everybody was kind of saying like this should be on Anna's backup because we right. won't miss a beat when when he plays in cup competitions. Everyone was like, and then most people, I was of this is same opinion. It's like no, let him go earn his stripes. We put a buyback clause in the in the contract. Yeah. And then and then let him go earn his stripes and play some men's football. So I'm I'm excited about their project in general. Take the Man City approach to your youth talent, bro. Listen, we had that approach when Sir Alex Ferguson was here. You, you didn't create this. That was a thousand years ago, bro. No one remembers that. Yeah, Times yeah, yeah. have changed, dude. Uh, shall we move into number four? Because I was the number five. I still have a number four. And I think from this point forward, we should be able to discuss them pretty openly because they're damn good players, dude. Okay. Like they're, they're really good. Um we have mentioned this gentleman on the podcast before, but it was when we were trying to find homes for soon-to-be free agents. And Inter Milan struck up a deal for Marcus Toram, which I think is just brilliant. Yeah. Now, it's underrated because I... Maybe it's me, bro. Like, tell, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the perception around Inter is they're not really spoken about in the same conversation as, like, the colossal clubs who command a lot of attention, right? I think we agree on that. Yeah. The thing is, with them, they were Champions League finalists four months ago. <laughs> so the drop-off in terms of stories that this happened, this should have been a way bigger deal than it was. But why wasn't it, dude? Inter don't command that much like global attention. Maybe it's just right. my Twitter feed. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like it's that. I feel like more what it is. Maybe is we the just Lukaku don't read the situation. Time. Yeah, exactly. We don't read Italian. I feel like it's the Lukaku situation of it all. Personally, I think that what has gone on with him has distracted and pulled focus from what's going on at the club. So here's what happened, bro. With Ed and Jacko leaving with yep. Romelu Lukaku leaving, you have a massive big man. Oh, by the way, Carrera left as well. So now you have like massive big man and really, really good strike partners who have gone for Inter. And you go, well, damn, what are they going to do? What do we look at as a positive? You have, what would we rate his market value if we had to guess for Marcus Toran? Between 30, at least 30, yeah, if not max, 40? Yeah, max 50. Somewhere That's in that range. Not to, super without, being, without saying, oh, they got rinsed, I think 50. No, exactly. So the fact that they got, I, I would say like fair market value between 30 and 45. Somewhere in that range. Right. You could probably make a case for it depending on the month of the year and the form that he's in. They got him for free. What? They got a 20-goal involvement player who is a free agent. You remember? We were pitching oh, him to Newcastle. Good. We were pitching him. He was linked to go to AC Milan, <laughs> to, to United. He ends up moving for free, yeah. which means they have a tremendous value player capable, and we saw it because he did it last year in the Bundesliga, capable of contributing 20 goal involvements between goals, between assists. But Inter don't play with the focal point like that. They play with a two, which means... Taro. You've now handed Lautaro a big man who's 10 years younger and 10 perfect years struggle. more mature. Perfect partnership, to be honest. The other dudes who they have around there. Yeah. But I love this deal from a footballing perspective because I think that partnership will be outstanding for Inter next season. It's so complimentary. While they punched way above their weight last season, like I don't think they'll be Champions League finalists again. I think their ambition is to keep the ball rolling, build on momentum. So what do you do? You sign Tuchel for free and you go sign Benjamin Pavard? Bro, you're doing good business here. Inter are doing very, very good business. Absolutely, man. yeah, absolutely. I think it's a incredibly complimentary of a partnership. Um, the one thing that Lukaku was missing when he was playing with Lautaro Martinez was was his acceleration. Like we know he can he can mm. run when he gets going, but his acceleration off just in, as soon as they pick up possession was was not quick. And um, Marcus Torum can provide that it, lightning within three passes. They're going to be in your box. He's a big dude. And I like the, I mean, we, uh, you and I love the juxtaposition of like a big nine with a more mobile one, because ultimately there's a lot of these strikers nowadays in the mold of something similar to Lautaro, which is players who love to play off of a focal point number nine. Yeah. Toram will be that. And the fact that they, he won't need to as much for the way that interplay, but the fact that he's versatile enough to play across a front three, should they have to switch up the way they play? Not to mention, bro, you signed Pavard, 
Benjamin Pavard and Turam, you have a link for an over-the-top ball right, right. away in there. That's so true. I think from a footballing perspective, he'll fit the tempo of the league. His physicality will be a godsend for the team because he's replacing big dudes, one who is a 1,000 years old and Ed Jekyll. God bless him. We love Ed Jekyll. And Lukaku, who nobody likes, who's just immature and a big baby and, to be honest, didn't have the same impact since he left to begin with. So I love this deal. I think that it's super underrated. You can make a case for it being among the top ones because it was a free deal as well i just don't know if i'm hot on this and i think it's underrated because i don't feel like the people directly in our circle are as hot as on this or if if it's the opposite right like maybe i'm wrong here maybe this actually is a really really good deal that everyone kind of looks at and goes yeah that's that's not an underrated deal everybody kind of knows it's just like fire business maybe i'm wrong here i just i don't, I don't think people care about into Milan. It's That's so weird. Of what I'm getting Champions at, right? Oh. But it's so weird. <laughs> like when you tell people and, and people that watch multiple leagues or just even pay attention in the World Cup to, to young players and stuff like that, they'll understand that this this is a great deal. And and I think because it's flying under the radar, it is an underrated move. Because remember, an underrated move doesn't have to be, oh, the player's unknown or is maybe an unknown quantity or they got him for a, for a steal, kind of like right. Alexis McAllister went to Liverpool. You know McAllister, you know Liverpool, and you know that he's not worth that he's worth way more than thirty-five million, right? Yeah. So that is is a steal of a deal. But because you know Marcus Toram and the fee is pretty good, obviously it's free. <laughs> it's the best fee can't do you better can pay than that, someone. Bro. Yeah, literally, it's the best fee you can pay someone. And if they're paying you, the player's not that good. Um, <laughs> but because people don't care about Inter Milan, I think this this kind of flies under the radar. Yeah. So you think it's fair? It's fair at four, I think. And especially when we talk about well, the players under it. I don't know who one, two, and three are. Let's see, bro. Let's see. I think that I still think these are underrated deals. And I, I can't wait to get your opinion on it, to be honest, because I'm, I'm hot on all these players. I really like them all. In number three, I actually had this written as any club that signs this player, because there was a few clubs linked, and it was the same price tag regardless. But the winners are West Ham. Bro, Mohamed Kudus Ooh. is coming to the Prem. He was on my honorable mentions, but I knew you were going to mention him anyway. Brother, you know how I feel. Did the we get first... a here we go? We did get a here we go. Can okay. I can I say something about this? You know why I'm so connected to Mohamed Kudus? Like I feel it personally within me. The very there is first nothing video about you that links into him, so I, I would like to know why. <laughs> there is, bro. The first video on social media that I ever had cross one million views was my ah. praisal of Mohamed Kudus in the game where uh, Ghana played against South Korea, I believe, and I was praising. Kudus, I was. I said, we know that your flag affects your transfer value, and the fact that he's from Ghana means that he's not talked about in the same light as the players for his for his talent. If he was Portuguese, he's João Felix, bro, because he has a remarkably similar skill set to João Felix to a point where I'm like, I watch him play, I'm like, yo, this guy's like a stronger João Felix, maybe a little less like flair on the skill, but that's the that's the mold. I am a gigantic Mohamed Kudus fan. And I outlined that for some time now, playing at Ajax, he was a monster. Started as a center mid and then started playing this like false nine role where he's just a progressive ball carrier. The, I think him and Jeremy Doku had the had the two most uh, successful take-ons in Europe last season. Hilarious. Like crazy. And now they're both coming to the prem. I love it. This is a win for West Ham. Now, initially Brighton were linked with him. And I was like, stop, Brighton. You can't, you can't do this, Brighton. You can't keep doing it. Though. You, can't you can't keep, keep doing this. <laughs> because now you're starting to show your cards a little bit. I know Kudus. I've never known a player you've signed. Right. But I know him. I know Kudus. You can't. This is this is too too much of a step up for you. You can't you be spending forty five. You have to spend. You have to spend no more than four hundred k on a player and sell him for four hundred mil. You cannot be getting him for forty five. If mil. Brighton picked up that phone, I don't know what they have on anyone else, but I I feel like they would have wrapped up that deal for twelve million. <laughs> yeah, you're probably. I'm sure that's why Ajax said no. Because they're like, no, yeah, we, yeah. we are not. No, we're not you're doing like, this best, right now. Like, best I could do is two million and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, he's Muslim. We're not eating <laughs> Bro, I'm a big fan of his. I think that he's going to do very well. And to be honest, bro, we look at it like West Ham were inexplicably bad last season in the yeah. Prem, but they won a European Cup. That's true. That did happen. Now West Ham all of the sudden have Paqueta and Kudus in the same team. And I'm like, dude, that's the most exciting. You couldn't have made anything more. Not with David Moyes, man. David Moyes is getting sacked with a quickness because you can't, you you can't leave these players with him. 
Well, because they were talking about, you know, West Ham were linked with, uh, with El Nassiri from uh, Sevilla. And they were saying, bro, if you give James Ward-Prowse and El Nassiri in the same team, that's nuclear launch codes for, yep. for David Moyes, right? And then you look at, well, who's going to be skipped in all of those plays when it's just James Ward-Prowse whipping it in for Aaron Nassiri? And it's the two like most skillful joy to watch players that in the history of that football club, by the way, Jamie Noble played in this team. No, Mark Noble. Sorry. Jamie Mark Noble's Noble. a wrestler. Mark, uh, Jamie, Jamie Noble. Oh, sorry. really? That's an actual he, he's, person? Yeah, like, he's a wrestler. No, no, he's a wrestler. <laughs> no, no, he's a wrestler. He used to be a, a pro wrestler. I used to watch him. Mark Noble was playing for them up to like last season. He, he is when he retired. Right. Yeah. Now they have Paqueta and Kudus in the same team. Oh my god! I'm just I still excited to see you. how the West Ham fans are going to handle someone called Mohammed playing for their team. That's a very good question. Yeah, I, I honestly wonder what. I like, also how can't the wait for, for his video to go. Come on, yarns! <laughs> That's a great point. The, the links will be painted. There. The edit yeah. is going to be made so fast. If West Ham don't make it, I'll make it. Come bro. on, Because he's going to sit there yeah. with the crossed arms. By the way, Mohammed Kudu scored a hat trick in. He scored a brace in three minutes and then another goal in Ajax's win just yesterday, two days ago at the time recording this. So just to like salt in the wounds, icing on the cake, whichever way you want to look at it from perspective wise, it's a brilliant bit of business. And I wish I could be more articulate about it, but I think this is one of those that I almost just want to put my lips together and go, just watch. And that's all I want to say. Just speak for itself. Just watch because the the era of ballers is starting to come back to the Prem, bro. And I'm very excited about it. Like when Foden has the ball and just does skills or Kairou Matoma has the ball and just does skills and then just push the ball in the net. You're like, this is cool. Kudus yeah. is about to, Kudus and Paqueta. I hope that somebody plays like proper Brazilian folklore music over the highlight vids of just them balling out together, tearing teams nah, apart. Someone needs to make like a Afro beats samba mix <laughs> and out. then just play that. That would be so sick. Bro, he's such a good player. I almost bought his Ajax jersey last season, and I didn't because I was like, let's see where he goes because I was like, this dude's going to one of the best clubs in the world. And he ended up going to West Ham. So even for West Ham, they just sold a race for 45 mil. They have a little bit of money in the bank. They, don't they will. Them, man. They, you'd think that they will sell him, though when the opportunity came to sell Paqueta for considerably more than they bought him for, they said no. So maybe Kudus just doomed himself for the next four years in London. But uh, hey, let's see. Let's see how the ball rolls here for him. Yeah, we'll, the flag we'll affects see. the nation. So for him, maybe he won't ever have to be that expensive, but I hope he's able to take yeah, a step up from our just know their the corny ass Instagram profile is just gonna say kudos to you whenever he scores. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. You're already frustrated by this move. I'm so happy about it. You're no, I'm like, I'm excited by God this move. Sakes. I'm excited to see him is. in the prem. I I can't stand him being with David Moyes and in the and, and at West Ham and stuff like this is not the right clump for him. You're right. It's it's true. It feels like a bit of a weird move. I hope that sooner rather than later, the best football is able to be brought out of him and Paqueta because Paqueta started the season wonderfully well. And I think Kudus is just going to be absolute fire. Yeah. I'm so excited, bro. Okay. I got two and then one still to go. At number two, I think this is underrated. Me personally, I think it's underrated. You can call me out if you don't like it. Mateo Kovacic moving to Man City for 25 mil is an underrated piece of business. He was also on my uh, uh, on my honorable mentions list. He has to, bro. You have all these guys on your honorable mention. I want to hear who your actual list was, bro. Because they I didn't make a list because I knew you were gonna. Oh, make you a, just made I see. And I was like, if he doesn't mention these, I'll I'll mention them. Okay, for this, obviously, I've had the pleasure of speaking on most of the the last couple of guys because I've. A little bit more exposure with them, but I know you know all about Kovacic. Talk to me about why this is an underrated bit of business because there's a case for this being the most underrated bit of business in the window in today's market to pay 25 mil for a player. Well, like yeah, I was gonna, just going to say, wasn't it like 15 million or something like that? It's 25. Just get that Croatian blood in your veins. Listen, I, I love Croatian midfielders. They're great, right? Like at one point, at one point they, they had really and, and Kovacic playing in midfield together, but. The control that this guy offers, like he, when I think of a number eight, I think of sometimes I think of Mateo just like he's yeah. he's a perfect number eight because all energetic, like extremely good on the ball. He doesn't lose control that much, and whenever he does, he chases right back after it. Like I could not think of a more, in my opinion, 
more appropriate guy to fill Gondwan's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think that this guy's actually, if he doesn't start week in, week out, it's fine. If he's part of the Pepperula, pepper is fine. But I think he's going to come so clutch because, again, Croatian, towards the end of the season where you just, like, it's Mr. Dependable, go run like a like a pit bull in, in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. At times, it's like a, it's like a Bernardo Gundogan hybrid when he's yeah. playing. The fact that he's, he's already play, settled yeah. so well at City, it just looks like he's been there forever because he just right. understands it. He's such a good player. And if City paid a lot of money for this, you'd go, damn, bro. Like, that's like good for them for going to get that player for that money. But the fact that they paid almost nothing for him, 25 mil, bro. Oh, we sold. Peanuts. That's the same amount that that's we a, got. That's a free for, transfer nowadays. It's the same amount that we got for the sale and then add-ons of Romeo Lavia. So Romeo Lavia's departure paid nice. for Mateo Kovacic. And Mateo Kovacic has already started every game for City. And just looks so comfortable. Running backwards, running forwards. The tenacity has, the technical quality has on the ball, as you mentioned. And then, like, the fact that he's big, so his stride is long when he's actually going for something. I don't know how long he's going to be a staple in the team, like, I, because of how good John Stones was last season. I think when John Stones is back to fitness, he might reprise that role next to Rodri slash center back. It would very much surprise me if Kovacic didn't maintain a staple in the City 11 more often than not. Because, bro, he's so damn good. Like, the only thing he really needs to add to fill the, the, the Gundo boots, and don't get me wrong, you know, you could make a strong case that, uh, that Gundo deserves all the praise in the world for every one of City's achievements over the last couple of years. And I have been here arguing on behalf of it. Ultimately, what it comes down to, and by the way, we should, why we start smirking is me and I almost just fell out of a stupid chair and I have to break the fourth wall because there's no way I can push through this. <laughs> I'm muting myself because like, I didn't want to interrupt. Bro, your but face, I almost died. watching your eyes died. light up as you almost you fell. You see how red I am right now? I almost died. You're incredibly red. <laughs> Getting sorry. back to it. Every, sorry, everybody. Uh, Gundogan's a colossal reason of why Man City achieved what they did and to say that well we got a really good player to replace him is not fair to the legacy of Ilkay Gundogan however if Kovacic is able to start firing in terms of goals because Gundogan was a tremendous contributor on the score sheet bro you're gonna start it's disrespectful but the game's all about what have you done for me lately and it will be not long before people are like they'll forget they'll forget about how good Gundogan was because they're like yo look at Kovacic though he's like he's like all the technical quality of Gundogan except he's got the tenacity and running of Bernardo like this is perfect they're not wrong <laughs> it's it's though, painful yeah. well, that is true it's like damn bro you're right you know what you it's funny you bring up Gundogan's goal record and and I just learned this yesterday it's not it's not relevant information for Kovacic but I just learned this he's the highest goal scoring German in Premier League history I did not know that, wow. but uh, I thought that, that was a fun fact that I should just drop in because I thought it was Meza Ozil, but no, it is Gundogan. He has scored the most out of any German. Good. And you know what? You know what those in goals turn into? Prem after Prem, prem after Prem after Prem. I'm like Ozil. Everybody else suck it. Yeah, suck it, Ozil. Maybe just if he ran a little bit more, he could have got on the end. Right side, right if side, if, the if Ozil on could get on the end of his own passes, it would have been him. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. Poor guy. Anyway, so I have that at number two only because the fee was higher. And Kovacic has probably levels above what we've seen from him so far. It's, even at Chelsea, I still think he can turn into a whole new player under Pep. And to be honest, this might be number one. You could totally say this is number one. But I decided to give the edge to youth and prospects as I often do. And the number reason, one. bro, at number one, bro, Arda Goulart moving to Real Madrid for 20 mil is a really, big, eh? big, big deal, dude. This is a player Tell who, me about him. bro, the, he, people, people, trusted people. And don't trust me to say this because I'm quoting, okay, from scouts who bring you names that you will only hear about in a few years' time. The general consensus amongst all scouts who saw him play in Turkey, you go, this is like the most talented player we've seen ever in the last 10 years. He's, he's no. unbelievably good. Is it the most talented player that they've seen in Turkey in the last 10 years? The most talented young player outright. Damn. He's damn good. And here's the How thing. Old is he why it's now like 18? If that. Like he literally was 15 yesterday. And I had his name in my stupid list of young players. I was going to preview him as a one to watch this year. In this year's episode for the U23 ballers or for the young ballers ready the for the next away. step. 
he rise so he was 15 bro like literally like a year and a half ago he was 15 and i was like i got time like what am i gonna talk about a 15 year old that's too young right like i, I can't i can't go that far and then Real Madrid, Real Madrid. Yo, let's go again. because the it's the rise was too quick people started to see it and they were like yo this guy's really good and his release cost was like 17 mil and people were like yo we we gotta go get this done here's the thing Real Madrid are such a colossal juggernaut of a club that who did they go sign by the way scored another goal today and it was the winner Jude Bellingham Mr. Yeah. Jude the Redeemer Arms open Jude. That's where all the focus goes. You can make a case for Jude Bellingham being underrated at 100 mil, by the way. Nah, but the come fight... on now. I, no, I for the like same reason that Joe and I were talking about it last rated. week. Right? That's a properly because rated. Because market time. value is yeah, now underrated. But, but it's real. It. You can make a case for it. Money. You, you can make a case for it. Okay. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Arda Goulart is two years younger and costs five times less. And is dubbed the most talented player that scouts have ever seen. Or since Messi, wow. I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll set that time frame on it. Because I doubt that they mean more so than Messi. If they do, <laughs> then this is really the most underrated tra- transfer of all time. Now, early on, like in the summer, uh, as part of his arrival, he was hurt in training. So he had to get knee surgery. He's going to be out for the next couple of months. I was just about to say, hopefully he doesn't get injured. That, But that takes away from the spotlight. You know why, bro? Because right. Real Madrid still have... Oh, let I don't know. Luka Modric kicking about. Ever heard of him? Oh, I don't know. Tony Cruz kicking about. Ever heard of him? Come on. And then the midfield diamond that they're playing with Kamavinga, with Chuameni, with Valverde, with Bellingham. There's way too much quality for a player of this young to start playing for Real Madrid week in and week out right away. But I'd imagine it won't be long before they do. And then when they do, they'll go, this guy is really, really good. How much do we pay for him again? We paid 20 million for this player. Oh my God. That we could have spent 200 times that. No, maybe not 200, but you know, so he's number eight that. then, yeah? Number 10. Number 10. Cool. So just wondering. let's see what his impact ends up being. You might argue, well, it won't be as much as Kovacic at City. Kovacic is part of a, a giant midfield at City. And if he can play, that's great. The same case can be made for, for Goulart here because he's going to be. Yeah. 18 years old and if he can break in as a regular team staple into real madrid's team at that age but for 20 mil we'll, we'll see what I'm he sorry, does in the copa del rey because i'm sure that's where they're going to be debuting for a little bit once he gets back i think it'll be a slow integration for him into this yeah. team because but dude there aren't better midfielders in the world to learn from the fact that he's going to yeah. be playing under just the tutelage of luka modric and tony cruz is like dude you're you've won you've already won you already this completed is the game. This is the guy. This is the next guy. And I think that might be the most underrated bit of business because it's not a fortune. And the fact that he's so damn talented, he has nothing but upside potential. And I don't mean to be a good player. I mean, to be like the next world's best. And they got him for next to nothing. This, in my opinion, is the most underrated bit of business. You excited me. There's honorable mentions, bro. There's honorable mentions we could totally discuss. But like I said, I think we did a pretty good job. Some of the honorable mentions that I have are, are names that, I think is just appropriately rated. Like, let's say Ilkay Gundogan going to Barca for free. That's not underrated. Yeah, yeah. It's a great, that's a great signing. A great this move. is not a list of the best signings. This is the most yeah. underrated deals of the window. One little Canadian bit of tidbit information that I'd like to share with you is the brilliant bit of business done by Real Valladolid, who bought Kyle Lahren last season for two mil, give or take. Yeah. He scored a quarter of their goals from January onwards. And then sold them for eight mil. They sold them for four times as well. What a nice turnaround. What a nice little turnaround, eh? Where'd he go? Good for them. So anyway, I just thought that was a nice little story. Where'd he go? He went to Mallorca. Mallorca. Where they sold for for four times more than they purchased him for after the impact that he had for them. Yeah, that dude's not coming back to Canada. If you're living in Mallorca right now. Nope. Kyle Brampton's finest, now lives in Mallorca. Brampton? Oh, he's not coming back to Brampton, dude. Mallorca? Like, come on now. Rubbing shoulders with Rafael Nadal? <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much all I've got. I have some other like sneaky little deals. Like obviously Musa Diaby going to Aston Villa is a brilliant yep. bit of business. Well, but I don't I don't think it's underrated. Uh yeah. Milan Skriniar going to PSG. Great deal. I don't think mm-hmm. it's underrated. I think we all kind of know and, and we've known since January because he said he was going to sign that pre-contract. Um, one you might not know about that I think is cool is my Lassar went to Marseille. Left one. Oh, no way. Yeah, Left for, for 13 mil. And uh, I did a lot of research for all these. So I, I went to every one of Europe's top seven leagues and looked at all of their transfer business as of June 1st. 
and found all the best deals. So I thought that was nice. a good one. Even uh, Mo Salisu moved to Monaco from Southampton oh, in yeah, the yeah. championship for 15 mil. I'm like, hey, how do you replace a Badia Shil or a Desasi? Uh-huh. Go to the championship. Go get a nice little 15, pound, uh, 15 million deal. And uh, Tim Weah left Lille, went to Juve for 10 mil. He's been playing as a wing back there. It's a good bit of business, bro. For 10 mil, I don't hate it. So Not bad. that's all I've got. That's all I've got. These are the most underrated transfers of the summer window. And that has to conclude episode number 208 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. And with me, it was a pleasure to have you with me. Brethren, FC Mina, thank you for coming. Always happy to be on. I'm so happy that you're with me. What did you think of today's episode, dude? I liked it, especially the part where I almost died in the middle. Because <laughs> I did not Bro. know that this chair rocks. But yeah. <laughs> I, am, I actually undid it. So it is what it is. You leaned a little bit too far back and almost fell over. But the people will never know. They'll never see Way the more fear in your that. eyes that I saw in that moment. And the fact that we were not <laughs> able to push through is a testament to our lack of professionalism. And with that being said, it's done. It's a wrap, guys. Follow the Jersey Wall. Check out our socials at the link in our description. Next week, we are going to predict everything that's going to happen this season. We can't wait for you to join us for that one. We absolutely love you. And we'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby.